Father, this morning we open up our hearts to you. That your word may gain entrance into our lives. And Father, let your word search us, O God. And let it purify us, O Lord. Whatever that needs to be taken out of our lives, Lord, by your words today, the fire of your word, let it be burnt off our lives. Whatever that needs to be added, O Lord, let the beauty and the sweetness of your word add it to us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pledge our lives to you this morning. We thank you because we know that your thoughts for us are good thoughts. We thank you because we know that with you we have a future. We thank you because we know with you, Lord God, then we can enjoy abundance and beautiful and glorious life. Take all glory, take all honor this morning, take all adoration. And thank you, Lord God, for what you are about to do in our midst this morning. Let your name be glorified in Jesus' precious name. Please give the Lord a big, 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 big hand before you take your seat this morning. A big, 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 big hand, a big hand, a big hand, a big hand, a big hand. Amen. You may please have your seats. Praise the name of the Lord. Yesterday we had a wonderful time, a brief teaching, a wonderful time. We are in a month that God has committed to multiply us. When God says he's going to multiply us, it means that he is going to increase us. It means that we are going to be transformed from one level of glory to another. It means that there are going to be positive changes in our lives. It means that there is going to be a change of direction positively. Moving from a lower estate to a higher estate. It means that God is going to show himself faithful on our behalf in our situations and in the circumstances of our lives. When God says he's going to multiply us, it means that he is going to transform our stories, transform our destinies, and make us an envy. Hallelujah. When God multiplied Isaac, Isaac became so blessed, enjoyed such dimension of multiplications that a whole nation began to envy him. The entire nation of the Philistines began to envy him. And they said, you, one single man, one man, one man, one man. He said, you have become stronger and greater than us. One man, greater than an entire nation, all by the hand of God. <laughs> it's not like one African leader that said uh, he's greater. They said he was wealthier than his nation. The man was wealthier than his nation. And when they said, accused him, they said that he, he, he had caused financial loss and that he was owing the state. He said rather that the state was owing him. He said he was not owing the country, but the country was owing him. By every crookish means, that man got that wealth to himself. He made himself the nation. Hallelujah. Until God had to have mercy on the people and then just took him away. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. But we are talking about multiplication by the hand of God. And if God is going to be the one to multiply us, then we must be where God wants us to be. 
And so this morning I'm talking about one vital requirement for us to enjoy the multiplications of God in our lives this month. Last month, you made good profit in your business. Thank God. But the path of the just as a shining light shines brighter and brighter. So, this month, because, because God has spoken the word, it should be better. Last year, you enjoyed salary increase. This year, you should see something better. If where you are working, they will not increase your salary, then God will open you another door of finance, you know, gaining income. If last month you enjoyed health, you never went to the hospital, then this year you shouldn't even be sick at all. Amen. The path of the just is a progressive path. It goes, it shines brighter and brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. And that perfect day is not coming now. That perfect day is at the appearing of the Lord Jesus. So that means every second of your life on earth should be a progressive improvement upon the previous. Is somebody getting what I'm saying this morning? Are you understanding me this morning? Why are believers who have the word of God suffering, they are wallowing, languishing, not seeing the fruits of this word in their lives? Why? The reason is because we have not placed enough value on God's word to do what it says. A lot of us, we take the word of God for granted. We think because we are saved and we come to church and then we see a little blessing and then we think that that is the end. But there's something much, much better. It doesn't matter how much of God's blessings that you are seeing right now, you are enjoying right now. You seem to have everything you need. But I'm telling you, you don't have everything you need. Because God always has something better to give to you. Hallelujah. If we must begin to see the word of God come alive in our own lives. That we will stand before the world as shining lights of the efficacy of the word of God. We must learn to be the doers of the word. Hallelujah. James said, when you hear the word and you do not do the word, he said, you deceive yourself. And I, I think, <laughs> I believe that the greatest form of deceit is self-deceit. If people will deceive you and then you deceive yourself, that is more dangerous. The greatest tragedy that can happen to anyone is to deceive himself. To tell yourself that you are what you are not. The greatest tragedy, the greatest tragedy is to deceive yourself. To tell yourself to be what you are not. Praise the name of the Lord. So this morning, I'm talking about the force of integrity. The force of integrity. That is one area where we find a lot of believers falling short. Sometimes when you are among some believers or you are talking with some people outside of church, you are, you are shocked at the things you hear. 
the things that people do in their businesses and they justify it. They don't see anything wrong with it. They call it by another name that sounds beautiful and they think that changing the name to make it sound beautiful makes it okay. And then they keep on working and working and working and working and working and working and the ends are not meeting and they wonder what is happening. Integrity. I define integrity simply as inner straightness. That is the way I just define it. Integrity. Inner straightness. Inner togetherness. That inside you, you are compact. Straightness of the heart. You know, a lot of people could not understand why God should call David of all people a man after my heart. And when they read that them, they begin to do a chronology of all the evils of David. Uh -uh. How can this man be a man after your heart? He took somebody's wife. He killed the man deliberately. He did this, he did that. He did that, he did this. Keep on doing chronology. God say he's a man after my own heart. You know why? Because David had an upright heart. David was not a perfect man, but he had a perfect heart towards God. Amen. The man himself was not perfect, but his heart was perfect. And that was why anytime he was confronted with his sin, oh my God, David is a broken man. Anytime David was confronted with his sin, he became a broken man. And he would be ready to do anything whatsoever, anything to make it right with God. And so he was able to say that I have led the people. I have dealt with them with the integrity of my heart. Integrity, straightness, correct motives. Everything I did, even the mistakes I made, they were from a pure intention. We were told that it was Satan that moved him to number the children of Israel. When God had not moved into number. But when you look at it from the human perspective. He did it out of a pure intention. He knew the times they were living in. He knew that there were times when Israel was attracting all manner of enemies. And he knew that he needed to train people. So he wanted to know the number they had. But God told him that. Have you been winning all these wars because of your number? If it is your number, how many are you in the world? But he did what he did out of a pure heart. He didn't do it to despise or to slight God. And so God said, he's a man after my own heart. Why? Because he walked in the integrity of his heart. After he committed the error, the sin of killing Uriah and taking his wife, and then the Lord sent the prophet to him and talked to him by a parable. He said, there was this poor man, he had only one sheep, and then a rich man who had thousands, and then, you know, the rich man had a visitor and he decided to go and take that one sheep of the poor man and kill it. David said, hey, who did that kind of thing? He should be put to death. The prophet said, you are the one. You are the one. And immediately the prophet said that, ah, David was completely shattered. Completely. Hallelujah. So much so that the child that came forth from that act when that child became sick, David was there. 
in ash cloth and everything. He wasn't praying for the child to be well or to be saved though. He wanted to be restored to God. He wanted to be restored to God. If you were praying for the healing of the child, for the child to be restored, then when they announced to him that the child was dead, he would have gone more into ashes. But as soon as they told him the child was dead, to him, he took it, that, that was the settlement of the score. And then he got up and washed himself and ate. And the people, what kind of person is this? <laughs> the child was sick, you were in ashes. Now they say he is dead. When you are supposed to mourn, you are now out, up, shiny. You are now eating. They didn't understand. They didn't understand. What was hurting him the most was not the fact that the child was sick and going to die. It was the fact that God was angry with him. And he wanted to appease God by all means. And to him, the child dying meant that God had been pacified. Hallelujah. Integrity. The Bible calls it moral uprightness. When you read the book of Job, chapter 31, you will see a lot about it. How Job began to talk. And how Job began to talk. And to let the people know that he believes he was not going through what he was going through because he had sinned against God. He wasn't going through that challenge because he had done any evil against God. The beginning, the opening of that chapter of Job 31, he said, I have made a covenant with my eyes that this my eyes will never see a young woman. That is, I will not look at any other woman apart from my wife. Amen. That was the opening of that scripture. And if you read the entire chapter, you will see a lot of things there. It says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? For what is the allotment of God from above? And the inheritance of the Almighty from on high? Is it not destruction for the wicked and disaster for the workers of iniquity? Does he not see my ways and count all my steps? This is something a lot of people forget. There is nothing hidden before the Lord. Nothing is hidden before the Lord. Nothing. Anything you do in secret, God sees it. You may hide it from men. But what is the point of hiding it from men when there's a big eye up there that sees you even in the darkest darkness? The issue of integrity is not something you pay lip service to. No. It is something that should be your lifestyle. It is the condition of your heart. That you deal with people in an honest and straight manner. Let your motives always be pure. Otherwise, you can never see the increase of God. Never. Your ways must always be pure. When Job was going through his challenge, his friends were quick to condemn him. Ah, you must have done some evil, Jare. How can you be talking like that? You must have done something. This kind of evil does not happen to somebody like that. How can, one, how can you lose all your children in one day? How can you lose everything in one day? You must have done something. Job said, at least, if you don't know me, me, I know myself. And I know how I've been working with God. He said, I have heard the cry of the poor. I have been eyes to the blind. I have been feet to the lame. I have not dealt with anybody unjustly. I have not denied any of my laborers his wage. I have not taken food out of the mouth of the fatherless. I have not done anything that is not straight before the Lord. I have walked in moral uprightness. So I know there must be some other reason why this thing is happening to me. It's not because I have failed God. You see, 
Those his friends, they didn't know the conversation that went on between Satan and God. They didn't hear when God was boasting of Job. Have you seen my servant Job? How that there is none as upright as him in the whole of the region? A man who fears the Lord and excuse evil. And then Satan said, ah, he does not fear you for nothing. Is it not because you have so blessed him? Is it not because you have protected everything he has? Is it not because you have increased everything about him? You have blessed his children. You've increased the work of his hand. You've done everything. Is it not because of that that he's serving you? Touch all those things and see whether he will not curse you. And to prove a point, to let the devil know that Job's heart was upright before the Lord, to let the devil know that Job's love for God was genuine, God said, touch his things, but you are not permitted to touch his life. And thank God, Job didn't feel God. Even when his wife came and said, what are you, are still calling God, God? What, 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 kind, what, what kind of uh, Jimmy Jimmy man is this? Curse God and die. Which God are you still calling? Look at you. See what, what has happened to you. I was reading the book of Job yesterday. And I discovered that he was smelling. So smelling that his children fled away from him. His wife, everybody around him ran away from him. Even his wife could not come close. Even his wife. When she would pass the husband, she would do like this. If she has to talk to him. Are you going to eat? Please, your food is over there. But when everything was rosy and beautiful, the going was good. They were doing darling, darling, honey, honey. I won't eat until you eat. Oh. Come and sit down. Oh. And put food in my mouth. And they were doing it. But when things went so, she said, curse God and die. May you be the kind of wife that will stand by your husband through thick and thin. He said, the light afflictions that you go through, they are for a moment. They are just for a moment. They won't last. You are going through there. You are not resting there. It's just for a moment. It won't last. He said, for the light affliction, the witness, he said, they are working for you an exceeding weight of glory. Most of us are not patient for the weight of glory. I happen to know one of the, um, the ministers now. I don't know him personally. I, we knew him through a friend. And we knew that he had a case in his marriage when things were not going. And of course, the party was not in power. Everything had fallen apart. And the wife was you know, mescaphoning anyhow. You know, mescaphone. Was talking anyhow, misbehaving anyhow, treating the man anyhow. So the day that we heard that the man was appointed minister, and his appointment is gidigim, you know what I mean? It's correct one gidigim. So I asked my husband. I said, "So what would the woman do now? She will now be seeking ways and means. You know, you know. You need to understand. I just, I didn't mean those things. You know, I love you." It was the work of the devil, exactly. The devil no get advocate. <laughs> Satan doesn't have an advocate. So everybody carries his blame and put on him. <laughs> I can't remember whether it was my husband I was saying that or somebody. He said, he said, ah, anytime somebody just say, ah, it's the work of the devil. You say, God, you see your people, you see them. You see that I, I was not there. Oh. That time that he was saying that I was far away, but I wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It is very easy to blame the devil. And you see, because of the integrity of Job, he was able to make some very dangerous statements. How many of us can dare to make such statements today? <laughs> Let me read some of them to you. He said, if I have worked, verse 5, if I have worked with falsehood, or if my foot has hastened to deceit, 
let me be weighed on honest scales that God may know my integrity. If my step has turned from the way or my heart walked after my eyes or if any spot adheres to my hands, then let me sow and another eat. <laughs> yes, let my harvest be rooted out. How many of us can dare to make this statement today? He said, if I have robbed anyone, if I had cheated anyone, if I had done anything that I shouldn't have done, he said, then let me sow, let me be laboring and let somebody be eating. Let me never eat the fruit of my labor. There was a place, he said, if he uses his mouth to speak evil, he said, let his tongue cleave to the roof of his mouth. He said, if he uses his hand to oppress anybody, he said, let his hand drop off from his shoulder. Job was a man of integrity. He was a man of integrity. And that was Job in the Old Testament. How much more you today, with the spirit of God, an upright spirit living inside of you, how much more of you today, that you have the whole of Jesus living inside of you, a man who lived an upright life, a man who saw all manner of temptation, yet he never fell to sin. A man who was provoked in every dimension, yet, even at the point of death, he could open his mouth to say, Father, forgive them. Integrity. At the place where you are working, are you doing your work with integrity? When workers begin to agitate for increase of pay, you also join them. But meanwhile, you know that you actually go to work at 10 o'clock. And then from 10 to 12, you catch up on the news. You gather all your information. Then, from 12 to 1, you begin to refresh. 1 o'clock, you go for lunch. You come back at 2 or 3. And then, you begin to gather your things. And then, you say you have worked for the day. Is that integrity? They, even the one that they are paying you, you don't deserve it. At the risk of sounding insensitive. You know, I always say, whenever workers, workers begin to agitate for increase in salary, I say in my heart, I say, my God, the one that they are earning, are they really earning it? Every laborer is worthy of his wage. But are you a laborer? Are you earning the wage? You have somebody's child in your house staying with you, and you have treated the person less than a human being. I went to a school on Friday, and I saw this woman. The woman was shipper, shipper, I tell you, shining head to toe. Then she sat down, greeted, sat down, and we all responded to her greeting. And then after a while, I saw one young girl, that girl should be between 16 and 17, carry one bag, brought to the woman. And I looked at the feet of the girl, she was wearing bathroom slippers. And I looked at the dress of the girl, not even underwear. And her skirt was transparent. And the shipper, shipper woman is working with this girl. And I looked at her and I was sad and I said, my God. So this woman didn't feel anything when she was moving out of the house and this girl was following her like this. How do you treat the people around you? Hallelujah. Those of you who are married, your in-laws, how do you treat them? You only know how to sing how bad they are. This one is bad. The man is evil. The woman is a witch. If the woman is a witch, she didn't kill your husband and you met him and married him. The woman is a witch. She didn't kill your wife. And another to grow up until you saw a beautiful thing and you go, he said, I love you, I will marry you. But now that she has given you a beautiful wife, beautiful husband, she has now become a witch. I know a man today that destroyed. You know why? One of the major reasons the man kept on saying, I cannot be married 
And then God has blessed me and have all these things. My brothers are just here and they can't come to my house. Why? Because the woman has made herself King Kong in the house. Everybody in the man's family is bad. Everybody. She's the only one who is good. Everybody is bad. They hate her. They, they, they hate me. They don't like Everybody is evil. Everybody is bad. Am I saying that there are no bad or evil mothers-in-law or in-laws? No, I'm not saying that. But you can win them over. It may take time. But with patience, determination, and love, you can win them over. How can you marry a man and then you cut him off from his family? Are you a witch? What kind of thing is that? But you, your own, your mother will come. She'll come and spend six months, spend one year. All your brothers will come. You have three, three brothers in your house, three siblings. Your, your husband is taking care of them. But it's not one. And you don't even feel guilty. What is wrong with you? How can you claim to love somebody and then you are doing the things that you know will not make the person happy? You know those things will steal the joy of the person. How can you live with a man or a woman that is not happy? How do you want to enjoy that marriage? You know, apart from the fact that I love languages, apart from the fact I just love languages, and I think I have some grace for language. When I decide to learn a language, I pick it up with ease. I have some grace for that. But you see, to tell you the truth, the moment I knew I was going to marry a man that was not from my culture and from my own different language, I made up my mind to learn the language. That is all. Now your in-laws will come to the house, your husband is talking to his brothers, and they can't speak their language again because of you. Because everything they are saying, they are talking about you. You are not suspicious and over-suspicious. So why not learn the language and save yourself the trouble? Recently, we had some guests in, in our house, and <laughs> they started talking with my husband, three of them, my, my husband's uncle and his friend. They came to the house. So they were talking, and then the friend was talking. Then he said, oh, madam, oh, you don't understand the language, do you? I smiled. I said, I'm covered. Amen. Integrity is a force. It's a force that cannot be ignored. When you walk in integrity, you walk in the favor of God. When you walk in integrity, you attract honor and you attract respect. And you attract favor from God. And when you have the favor of God, then there is nothing that can stand in your way. You will enjoy the multiplications of God with ease. The work of your hands will produce for you. You will build and you will eat. When you walk in integrity, God delights in you. Let me read something for you from Proverbs. You see that God does not like anything that is not that has to do with dishonest. God doesn't like it at all. God has no pleasure in the dishonest. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs 11. Hallelujah. One beautiful thing about integrity is that you are not the only one that benefits from it. Oh. When you walk in integrity, even your children's children benefit from it. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 11. It says, verse 1. Dishonest skills are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Dishonest skills. It is a person without integrity that displays dishonesty. Dishonest skills. You are selling in the market. You no longer you have pounded the bottom, pounded the bottom, pounded the bottom, and then you put it and the thing is full. And you say, they say it is in full. You say it full. Okay, you don't see. You even put your hand and add and, add, and add. when you know you have pounded the bottom of the olonka, the person is paying for one full olonka, but it's actually going away with three quarters. 
You know you bought something, a particular good, when the price was low. And you have not finished selling that batch of good. The moment you heard price increase, and no, no, no. Price has changed. So today they come to buy the thing from you. Today it is 20 CDs. Tomorrow it is 25. Next tomorrow it is 20. They say, I didn't know. Price not cost. That beans are even then. Dishonest skills. They are an abomination to the Lord. As you are knocking the bottom of the Olonka, that is how you are knocking your own prosperity away. Hmm? As you are adding to that price that you know you shouldn't add, you are adding to the thing that you think you are demonstrating business sense. That is how also you are taking away from your blessings. Because you are cheating people. The work you are paid to do, you say you won't do it until people give you money. You call it by all manner of names. Give me cola. Give me drink, water to drink. Insio, insio kakrana mi pewai. Insio, so open insio amidi, insio no be mao. Insio is the job you are paid to do. You make the people knock head and suffer and suffer and suffer. <laughs> One day, we were driving the Benz and, you know, police, they stopped my husband and they arrested the car and took us to the station. So while we were there and waiting, there was this particular one. When you see the fellow, you see mischief. It's like this, or it's just like broomstick. Went and caught one man and the wife, they were going around, running around for funeral of his, he lost a brother or something like that. The fellow packed somewhere, just packed for somebody to descend. And he brought the person to the station. The fellow said, I, did, I didn't see no parking sign in that place. I only parked for the person to alight and I didn't park on the road. When they were talking, the fellow was trying to explain to another superior. Then he said, three count charge. <laughs> Wrong parking, obstruction of traffic, and refusal to produce driver's license. Ah! I will take you to court. And I write it, I will go to the court. Ah! Which traffic did I obstruct? When did I refuse to produce? I all told you the driver's license was not on, but I didn't refuse to produce. When you say somebody has refused to produce, it means that the person struggled. He has it on hand, but he is deliberately refusing to produce it. That day, I, I looked at it and was sad. Integrity is a big deal. Integrity is a big deal. The Bible says wealth that is gathered by dishonest means, it will scatter. Breeze will blow on it. So in your quest for abundance, in your quest for riches, in your quest for prosperity, please remember God. Walk in integrity. Let God be the one to prosper you. When God prospers you, come rain, come shine, you will still be standing. Was it not in the midst of famine that Isaac prospered? So prospered that the whole nation began to envy him? In the midst of famine. Abraham walked with God and God so prospered Abraham. When he died, he fulfilled scripture. They say a father must leave an inheritance for his children's children. In his own case, I don't even know who students because each of the children were wealthy in their own rights. He was so wealthy that when he decided to carry his army, his own personal army, to go and deliver somebody and rescue somebody, they fought nations and came back victorious. And they brought in gifts. He said, no. I don't want you to say tomorrow that it is your gifts that made me rich. Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. And then I will prosper you. I am your exceeding great reward. But you walk before me in the uprightness of your heart in perfectness. If you must enjoy multiplication, if you must see the abundance of God, you must walk in integrity. Hallelujah. 
We must walk in integrity. If you read that, that Proverbs chapter 11 that I read, the scripture is repeated several places. In chapter 12, even in that chapter 11, it is repeated in verse 3 to 6, repeated in verse 20, it's repeated in chapter 12, repeated in chapter 13, that God hates anybody that walks in dishonesty. God is an upright God. In 1993, I was coming from a wedding, and I got to a point I saw there had been an accident. A station wagon that had nine vibrant young men, including the two sons of a woman, plus the pharmaceutical bus of one pharmacy owned by a believer. Two people were driving that they had gone to take delivery of drugs. One naval officer had gotten married and did reception in the stadium. And these young boys had finished that one. They were now designed to go to another reception in the army barracks when the accident happened. And that is how nine vibrant young men with promising future died terrible deaths. Some of them had to be sawed out of the car. Some of them had their brains coming out of their nostrils. Some of them had their limbs chopped off. The only one that survived and died later had his head split. So they took lots, tied the head, started rushing him to hospital. But he died. The two sons of that woman died. She had gone for the funeral of another relative. And when I saw this scene, I was sad. And I said, God, did these people have the opportunity to know you before they died? And that was the day that God taught me the lesson that he is a God of integrity. Jesus said, the words that I have spoken to you, these are the words that will stand against you in judgment. So every word that you have heard will now begin to ask you, you heard me, what did you do with me? You heard the word on giving. Giving will come and stand and ask you, you heard me, oh, how did you use me? You heard the word on love. Love will come and ask you, you heard me, oh, how did you do with me? The one on forgiveness will come and meet you and say, look, you heard me, you were taught to forgive. They told you that you should forgive. And you didn't forgive. So the words that Jesus has spoken to us from his word, these are the words that will either justify or condemn us before God. For a man is justified or condemned by the words of his mouth. In the same way, the words of God that we have heard, that is the thing that will either justify or condemn us. And God told me, where I was crying and weeping and feeling so sad that young men have died like that. And he said, I am not an unjust God. I do not allow anybody to leave the face of this earth until they have had, they have had an opportunity to make a decision for me. To make a choice. He says, even those who don't receive a, a preacher, he said, I give them opportunities in diverse ways to know, to acknowledge that I exist. That was how the men of old who worked in righteousness in the Old Testament, that was how they lived. Jesus hadn't come. They didn't have anybody. The spirit of God was not released like that. But there were people who woke up and rose, were born, walked in the fear of God. They knew that there was God. And they walked in the fear of God. And so when Jesus came and died, the three days he spent in the belly of the earth, he had to go to them and release them from where they were so that they could now go to heaven. God is an upright God. So if you are the son or the child of an upright God, why will you not walk in uprightness? Integrity pays. Let people celebrate you for your integrity. Let's read something in Titus, finally. Titus chapter 2. Integrity, it affects your descendants. So it affects your descendants. Your children, children will benefit from your work of integrity. 
your life of integrity. They will enjoy it. They will make their own choices. They will pay for the choices that they make. Yes. But you see, you are giving them something, a platform to work on, a guideline of life when you work in integrity. Hallelujah. First, I read Proverbs chapter 20. Let me take that one first. 20 verse 7 says, The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. So you want your children to be blessed after you. You don't want your children to see any kind of shame report to suffer. You want your children to be blessed after you then walk in integrity. Hallelujah. Titus chapter 2. The Lord is good. You will enjoy multiplication, so I tell you. Whatever thing that will not allow you to enjoy the blessings and the multiplications of God, every certain will be burnt off your life today. For some, you just don't know. You don't plan to lie, but you just lie. Before they ask you one question like that, you automatically, the thing just flows from your mouth. You made up your mind before that and that you will not lie, but the thing just comes out like that. You say things that are not true. Today, that spirit will be burnt off your life. In the name of Jesus. Titus chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech. These are all elements of integrity that cannot be condemned. That one who is an opponent may be ashamed. So when you walk in integrity, your opponents are ashamed. When they scheme against you in the office, the thing will be exposed and they will be ashamed. Didn't you see what was said about Daniel? It says, this Daniel will not find anything against him except if it is touching his God. The man is so upright. People didn't like your face in the office. They didn't like the fact that you are enjoying the favor of God because you are doing your work well and therefore you are enjoying liftings and promotions. You have secured the trust and the confidence of your employers and so when there is any sensitive assignment, they call you and do it. Some people don't like it and they are angry and they scheme to get you out. But your integrity will preserve you. Your integrity will preserve you. It says, when we walk in integrity, it says the opponent is ashamed. You want your opponents to be ashamed? Then walk in integrity. You want those who plan your downfall to see shame? Walk in integrity. The Bible says the integrity of a man preserves him. Integrity will not allow you to be down. Even when they succeed in pushing you down, it is only for a while. Look at the case of Job. When Job was eventually restored, what happened to him? You could not compare his second estate, his final outcome, to his beginning. He said if a righteous man falls to the ground seven times, he will rise again. Why? He's a righteous man. He's a man of integrity. God never allows a man of integrity to fall down. You don't remain on the ground. So when you see a man of integrity going through hardship, please don't laugh. It is only a matter of time. He will bounce back. And his utter end will be greater than his beginning. If you are facing any such thing in your life right now, please rejoice. Because something great, something new is about to come. The greater weight of glory is about to burst upon your life. Hallelujah. It's a sound speech that cannot be condemned. That one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. How many of you today, how many of us today, believers, churchgoers, elders in church, that people will not have anything evil to say about us. Not because, not out of mischief, but that because our uprightness, our integrity is so clearly seen that they cannot say anything evil about us. 
let me close with this story. A story is told about a man. They said this man made up his mind that he was not going to speak evil of anybody. And they tried, set traps for him, set traps for him, set traps for him, and the man will always escape. And there was this notorious Androbai in the town that had disturbed the town, disturbed the town, harassed everybody. Finally, this Androbai was caught and shot dead. And the Androbai died with his teeth open. And they thought this time around, they would get this man. The man came. They said, can you see? This is that notorious Androbai. They said, that is him now. That is him. Can't you see? He looked at the dead Androbai. He said, oh, what lovely set of teeth he had. Integrity. When you walk in integrity, there is no kind of trap that the enemy will set for you. You will escape all. You will escape all. Hallelujah. You will escape all. Make up your mind that you will do everything you do. You will do your work. You will deal with people. You will relate with people. Everything about you should speak integrity. Be known for your integrity. Let your reputation as a man of integrity, a woman of integrity, let it go ahead of you. Let people celebrate you for your integrity. They may not know you for the number of houses you have. They may not know you for the number of cars you have. But when they know you for the integrity, you are the real rich person. The true wealthy man is a man of integrity. And when you are a man of integrity, God now releases his blessings to you. Psalm 1 verses 1 to 3. That's what it says. You do not sit in the seat of the scornful. You have fear for God. You uphold his word. He says, such a man is as a tree planted by the rivers of waters. He shall not see drought when it comes. And everything he does prospers. That will be your story from today. In the name of Jesus. That is your story from today. In the name of Jesus. Rise on your feet with me and begin to give God praise this morning. And talk to God for this word that he has brought our way. Last Sunday we were told to get ready. For multiplications. Be ready for his multiplications. This is part of the readiness. Hallelujah. So that the little corner, 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 chuku, chuku here, remove them. Let God have a thorough fare. Oh, yes. Talk to God this morning. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Bless him. Can't you see how much God loves you? Can't you see how much he loves you? Can't you see how much he loves you? He's telling you how to live. He's telling you how he wants you to be. He's showing you the way he wants you to walk in. Oh, yes. He's telling you how he wants you to represent him. To reflect his image. To walk in his likeness. Oh, tell the Lord to baptize you with that spirit right now. That you walk in integrity in all your ways. You walk in uprightness in all your ways. You will tell the truth at all times, no matter what the consequence of it may be. You will stand for the truth and defend the truth at all times. You will not be a false witness. You will not be a cheat and a liar. You will stand in integrity. You will walk in the truth of God. He said, let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus. And he says, we have the mind of Christ. If we have the mind of Christ, then we must be workers. People who walk and stand in integrity. Talk to God this morning. Tell him how much you desire to walk in integrity. Let him know that you desire it. Let him know that you really want to be like him. Let him know that you need and you yearn for that grace.
God wants you to work in such a way that nobody would have anything evil to say against you. It could be done out of malice or out of anger or out of hatred. But that they know that genuinely by your conduct and by your work, nothing evil can be said about you. You cannot be faulted. I want you to now subject yourself to the searchlight of the Holy Spirit. If there's anything in your life that is not allowing you to walk in integrity, anything that is hindering, that's going to be a hindrance between you and your God, I want you to talk to God about it right now. Allow the Spirit of God to search you. Let him search. Let him search. Let him go through your heart. Let him go through your heart. Let him go through your heart. And then tell him to purge your conscience, to purge your heart. If there is anything that will serve as a hindrance, anything that will not allow you to see the glory of God in your life, whatever will hinder you from enjoying the multiplications that God has ordained for you this month, oh, Father, Lord God, I yield myself to your such light. Anything in me, is there somebody you are holding in unforgiveness? Is there somebody you are holding in unforgiveness? Are you angry against somebody? Have you said something that is not true about somebody because you want to rise and you have caused that person to fall and you want to rise and you called it by another name? You said you were only doing your job but you knew that there was some other way by which you could have helped that person but you did it and calculated its downfall because you want to rise by it. Anything that is standing in your way, take it out of your way this morning. It says gather up the stones, gather up the stones, gather up the stones. The stones will not allow you to advance. They will not allow you to make the progress that you should make. When you take them out of the way, then God has a thoroughfare in your life. You are selling for somebody. You are doing something for somebody. You are working, doing somebody's job. And you do not give the correct end proceedings. The proceeds for the day, the sales for the day, you don't give the correct thing. You keep back part of it. And you lie to the person, this was all that came in today. You have not been faithful to your spouse. You have not been faithful to your children. You have been so unkind and so cruel to your illness. Talk to God this morning. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. When you are working, they say go and buy something. You go and buy a cheaper one and put the change in your pocket. And you call it wisdom. That is not wisdom. Oh. It is not wisdom. It is called dishonesty. And it will lead you to destruction. Talk to God about it. In the name of Jesus we have prayed.